the Titans Amy and Coach Mac podcast, presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Need great health care coverage with an affordable price tag? Let Farm Bureau Health Plans coach you through it. They've been protecting Tennesseans for 75 years. Welcome to the Titans Amy and Coach Mac podcast. I'm Amy Wells, and of course, Coach Mac is here too. Mac, how are you? Doing great. I look forward to this every week, so here we are. Do you really look forward to it? Yes, absolutely. Oh, Mac, that's so nice. Well, why wouldn't I? I don't know. I think I'm pretty great. But, well, I mean, I, mean, I, li- I, I like you. I like <laughs> our listeners. I like Ashley. So look forward to it. We have fun. All right. Well, people who are having a little less fun, Tennessee Titans and the Raiders. They are both 0-2. They are both looking for their first wins this week. And both teams are working incredibly hard towards Sunday. Let's talk about the Tennessee Titans. Tough loss against the Buffalo Bills on Monday Night Football. We know that. Tell me why fans should not be panicking right now. Well, because it's it, it's never a disaster. It was a disaster in the third quarter. You know the the game the game is ten seven with one play swing at the end of the at the end of the first half, and then when things start to tsunami on you, the the thing that that would would concern you is the, is the amount of pieces that we're missing right now. The you know the the team. I mean, we've been watching practice this week. The team is is rebounded, and you've got to work through. Remember, this is a team that worked through 91 players last year, worked through 91 players last year. And, you know, we're we're sitting right now at at 0-2. If you make one kick, you're 1-1. You still have got the issues of missing the pieces. But it's not it's not a reason it's not a reason to just abandon all hope and and you know look I have that Mac Talk show on Tuesday night and let everybody call in I, you know, I welcome all callers don't screen any calls and just let people emote because if people if people are are emoting about the game and if people are passionately calling about the game. They're interested, and they're passionately interested, and they're invested. So, it's not—it's not time to panic. I promise you, the football team is not panicking. But you got to go back to work. I've been doing this for a long time in this league, as you well know. As a coach, when I was a decision maker, you've just got to go back to work because the only thing you can do to fix it is fix the next game and find a way the next game to win. Because the the thing that gives, you know, winning is like oxygen for a football team, and the only way to get oxygen is win a game. So there's a couple things that I think are interesting about this week. First, it's kind of a short week playing on Monday. The schedule changes just a little bit. Is that quicker turnaround almost better for this team so they can get right back to work and kind of get the taste out of their mouth and move on? Well, mentally it might be. Physically it's tough, you know, for that for that turnaround. I mean, how many hours sleep did you get when we got back and then to the – so, I mean, it, everybody, once you get an altered schedule, especially on a Monday night – and, and especially with an away game, then that takes away a lot of hours of prep. And it also takes away a lot of recovery time for your football team. And so the, the short turnaround as far as mentally wanting to get back on the practice field and start getting to work, that, that's important. But the first thing that you have to do, and they did it, you have to assess what happened in the game. You have to assess what exactly went wrong. They know exactly what went wrong after they go through the film. And so you've got to address that and then move right forward to preparing for the opponent. So you ask me, is it is it a benefit? It's a, it's a benefit to the fact that you've got to move forward. But you have to move forward no matter what. The non-benefit of it is, is that the one day less of recovery, which is what you need. I want to talk about injuries for a little bit. Sure. Not in an excuse type of way, but in an actual tangible physical 
impact that injuries have on a football team. Because really, there are some key pieces who the Tennessee Titans don't have right now. How, as a head coach who has been through this before, do you make those adjustments when you're looking at a team and saying, wow, we have some we have some real injuries here? Well, I mean, you saw the team last year go through 91 people. I mean, that's unprecedented. And what you have to do is, is, is whoever has to go in and play, first of all, you know, they have to step up and play. You're on this team. You're on this active roster for a reason. You're expected to prepare and be ready and be ready to play. Now, I mean, it's no, it's no secret. When you lose some frontline players, the people coming in, in behind them are not frontline players or they would have been starting to begin with. But you've still got to put it together and find a way to do that. And so, to me, it's – there, that's the least – there is no excuse in the National Football League to injuries because everybody goes through it. You don't really care about the everybody when it's happening to you, but, but you, have to, you have to move forward. And as a head coach, that's what you tell everybody. You tell everybody this, though, before the season starts. You know, w- once you make this squad, you are, you are charged with preparing as if you are going to start every game. And so that's just what it is. Some people like Bud Dupree, who had another day of not practicing. We're not sure what the final status is going to be. How key is he to the defensive effort of what they're trying to do? Well, you just need an edge rusher. You already lost your premier edge rusher, you know, on the right side. And so, you know, you, you need you need him because, you know, if, if he's unavailable, and we saw what, you know, in, in the game, if he's unavailable, then that just means your next layer has to step up. So, look. Your best players are your best players for a reason, and you would like to have them available as many snaps as possible. And if you don't have them, then you have to replace them. And that, you know, I, I can't quantify how important it is. I can just tell you that he's a highly paid player, and rightfully so, and he's a veteran that really accentuates our pass rush, you know, when he's in the ball game. Another group that's experiencing some injury issues is the offensive line. Jamarco Jones was moved to injured reserve. Taylor Lewan, we still don't know the status of, did not practice again on Thursday. How does the not knowing as you are preparing in a spot like the offensive line, that's got to impact every facet of the offense, right? Well, the first thing you do is it, it, really, it really doesn't because you just put someone else in there and they've got, you got to prepare like he's not going to be there. You know, that, that's, that's the way your mindset, and, and that's what you do. You prepare like, and it's not going to change what you do schematically, what it might change, especially we'll get into what we're facing this week off the edges of both sides. It might change a little bit of how you're going to protect. It might change a little bit of how you're going to chip, but your, your base offense is going to be the same. I mean, you're not going to go in and put in the option game, you know, to take take away. I mean, you're going to run your run your base offense, but when it comes to a passing situation, because this week we are facing two premier edge rushers on either side of the line of scrimmage, you may have to chip some. Is there a position, group, or a player that has been a bright spot through these first two weeks? Yeah, I really like what Traylon Burks is doing. I like what the rookie punter is doing, and I, and and and. I like what I like what we're doing with the play action game, even without traction from the run game. I mean, we're getting people open, you know, in, in the play action game, which is, is is the basis for this offense. And so if we can just get traction in the run game as to where you can start getting more draw from the second level, it, other than being able to just sit back there and wait for those transcontinentals, those crossing routes that you can sit on and just wait on if you're not really going to the line of scrimmage to stop the run, uh, that to me, score separation and then being able to get traction early in the run game, that's 
that's important. But I think I like I like what Traylon Burks has done. I mean, he continues to improve every week, and he's he's got a chance to really do something. Mac, let's talk a little bit about special teams because that seems to be a phase of the game where it's been kind of feast and famine. We've seen some really great plays, and we've seen some plays that they'd like to get back. What can they be doing throughout the week to become a little bit more consistent on Sunday? Well, the thing we're talking about, I mean, it, it, special teams is different because you only get you get maybe 12, 14 plays a game rather than an offense and defense where you get 65 or 70 a game. So anytime you go in there, it's going to be a prime time that you have to perform. You know, you're talking about a missed kick. You're talking about fumble punts. You know, unless you can get started off clean and stay clean, well, then it's a problem. You only get so many chances on special teams during the course of a ball game. So, I mean, it, it's not there's not any magical formula to it. you got to catch the punts, and you got to make the kicks. I mean, that's about as clean as I can be on it, and that's what you have to do. I didn't expect you to be so, like, this is just it. It really – you're right, though. I mean, it really is that – it really is that simple sometimes. The game of football is simple. It's detailed, but it's simple. I mean, you don't – there's no magic to it. I mean, you're not going to go to, to the mouse house down in Florida and be able to find a magical <laughs> wand and get it all done. You're just not. Is the mouse house Disney World? Yeah. Okay. Just making sure. Just wanted to clear that up. Let's talk a little bit about the Raiders. They're coming in here. They're 0-2. They're coming off of an overtime loss to the Arizona Cardinals. Mac, why are the Raiders better than their record implies? Well, they've got they've got players and athletes that are healthy across the board. Then you, you want to start with their defense. We talked about the edge rushers. You got Chandler Jones on one edge and Max Crosby on the other. Two premier, not only pass rushers in the league, Max Crosby is one of the higher rated run defenders too off of the edge. So both of your edges right now have got dangerous people out there on them on, on defense. And then this this defense, you're going to get a lot of different looks. You're going to get a lot of different looks from the back end on it. You're going to get you know blitzes coming from, from different spots. And so you're going to have to be able to identify that and so but when you have two premier guys on the edge we just talked about the importance of that I mean that can really help your defense because even even if you're not even throwing the ball if your two edge guys can set an edge and allow you to build a wall inside it makes it hard to make things work you know from tackle to tackle so that's number one you know and number and number two is is uh, offensively on the on the offensive side of the ball you know, their quarterback is as good as there is in the league. Let's just say that to begin with. He's as good as there is in the league. And the guys that he's got, Devontae Adams, I mean, much like Stephon Diggs that we faced last week, this is a veteran player that changed teams that has proven that he is, uh, you know, in his previous stop at Green Bay, he's extremely hard to cover one-on-one. -on -one. He's even extremely hard to cover two-on-one. And so, and they also have, they've got, they've got a running back back there, Josh Jacobs, that is in the top five in the league as far as uh, yards after contact. I think it's 3.7, 3.8, you know, over the two-year span. So this guy is, is legitimate back there, running with it and catching it. And then this offense different than the one we faced last week, has got two really huge targets at tight end. they got hu two huge targets at tight end. And, and so what, what you've got to be able to do, it, it makes you get your matchups. Your matchups are going to have to be a, a little bit different because what, what starts to happen when you've got those guys that are they're like Darren Waller and Foster Moreau, those two guys are matchup issues downfield because of their size, because of their length, and also in the red zone. So – They've got good players. I mean, that's how you're good, and they're healthy. 
Mac, I wrote out this very detailed list of things I wanted to ask you about, and you hit on every single one of them in that moment. So here's what we're going to do instead. We're going to do a change of plans. We're pitching to an interview here. I had the chance to sit down with linebacker Ola Adaini. He plays a lot on special teams. He plays in the defense. He's had some injury troubles this first couple of weeks, but once he gets back on track, he's going to be a big contributor in this Titans team, and we've got him right here. So here is my sit down with Ola Adaini. Take it back. Very beginning. So you're born in Nigeria, come to America. What was the biggest thing that stuck out to you as like a, what, an eight-year-old? Man, the first thing that we noticed, and it was clear, was that food was easily accessible yeah. here. Like easily, you could go to any corner and find a, a, a fast food restaurant to just go in and grab something. Uh-huh. And very affordable too. So you can only imagine me seeing all that, and I went crazy. And, and next thing you know, I just became just one little fat boy just walking around. <laughs> did you really though? Like, did you put on that much weight? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Because when I I was a track star and soccer player in Nigeria when I came when I came over, like I said, got to eating, got to enjoying it. Soccer became something that I couldn't do anymore. Track became something that I was not about to try to do. <laughs> so <laughs> next thing you know, my, my coaches start calling my mom, trying to get me out there to come play football. And that's how football all started. Oh, really? Yeah. What's the biggest transition from soccer to football? Obviously, two very different sports. For sure. What's the hardest thing to change within your body and the way that you perform? The physicality aspect of it. It's definitely different. You know, in soccer, you're not banging around with guys. You're trying to avoid hitting guys, if anything. So football, you are trying to hit somebody. I think the footwork aspect of it is still the same. You got to have good footwork to be able to play. So I think that was something that transitioned over for me easily. But just, like I said, the banging and the physicality part of it was major difference. When do you realize that you like the hitting part of it? Oh, man. When, when I got to realize that I could just take out all my frustration and anger on the field, and it is, it's all legal. So it's all legal, you know what I'm saying? If I had, you know what I'm saying, just troubles at home or the teacher making me mad or something, you know, I could just go out there in the field and just let loose. So that's really, it became an outlet for you, not only just because you were good at it, but because it made you feel better. Oh, for sure, for sure. And like I said, Football wasn't something that, you know, I wasn't like most guys where I would grow up and was like, man, I want to be a football player because I didn't know football, uh -huh. you know what I'm saying? So when it became something that I knew, I was like, man, I could do this. And this was something that I enjoyed. When did you realize that this is something that could be more than just the fun thing to do? This could take you to college. This could be the way that you make a living to provide for your family. That didn't even come into play until like, so I grew up in a neighborhood with, you know, a bunch of guys, Emmanuel Agba, he mm -hmm. currently plays for the Miami Dolphins and Amen Agba, mm -hmm. and he plays for the Chargers right now. So we all grew up in the same neighborhood. So it was, Emmanuel was the older one out of all of us. So whenever we'd link up, we'd play street football, tackle on grass, two-hand touch on concrete. So when I started seeing him get offers and you know what I'm saying? All this college offers and visits and all that. It's just made it made it look like something that I could do, you know what I'm saying? Because we all played together. And it was like, man, everybody's, you know, talking about him, proud of him, you know what I'm saying? He's getting free tuition. I'm like, man, this is something that I probably want to do too, you know what I'm saying? And 
So from there on, I just like put in all my eggs into that basket and I, you know what I'm saying? I just went after it. Those are some real names to be growing up with guys like that. I mean, there's gotta be a lot of competition in the neighborhood. Oh, for sure, for sure. We, we call ourselves the Great Oaks Gang because that was the subdivision that we lived in. So, and then we all went to the same high school too. So it was, you know, it was a great time. And I even wanted to wear his number at one point, but you know what I'm saying? The coaches realized like, I think they probably already knew then that, you know what I'm saying? There was something special because they wanted me to have my own number, my own set of numbers, you know what I'm saying? So I wore 33 in high school and he wore 38. So when did you realize that special teams was something that you're good at, you enjoy, <laughs> and you can make some money doing? Man, not even gonna lie to you, I didn't do not one lick of special teams when I was in college. Really? Was not a special teams player at all. Straight defense. When I got to the league, when you know, I started with Pittsburgh. Huh? So my rookie year, I didn't really play as much. But <clears throat> during training camp and preseason, they saw that you know I could obviously pass rush, and that was something that I could do. But you know, to be in this league, you got to be able to do more than that, especially as an undrafted guy. So after my rookie season, that following year, they realized like for me to make this team, I got to be able to do something other than pass rush, because you know you got guys like Bud Dupree on my team and T.J. Watt. So. To get on the field, I got to be able to do something. Mm -hmm. So and ever since then, I just kind of took my craft and just tried to make my craft better. And, you know, I had a coach that, you know what I'm saying, really coached me well and just kind of used my strengths to my ability. How has Craig Ackerman helped you kind of refine that craft even more? Man, he, he, he lets me be the player that I want to be and the player that he sees me as. Just because when I go out there, he lets me be as comfortable as I can to be able to do my job. So whether it's me standing up in the two point, getting down in the three point, certain individuals that I'm blocking in the game. So like they scheme it up around to where like everybody's gonna be successful on the field. So I, I truly appreciate that from him. What's it like playing for Mike Vrabel, especially having passed through Pittsburgh where he has been through Pittsburgh. That's gotta be kind of fun. Oh man, absolutely. Even before I signed here, it was something that like I look forward to because that's a guy that has done this at a high level and for multiple years and not just on defense, on offense as well. Like that's somebody anybody would want to be coached by. And you know what I'm saying? He's a player's coach and I truly appreciate that. And you know what I'm saying? He's also, like I said, he know what it takes to be in the game. So the aggressiveness and the, the passion that he has just kind of translates and you know everybody picks up on it. Does that keep it more fun that everybody's kind of pushing in the same direction? Even the coaching staff isn't trying, they're not trying to stop your fun. Oh, no, they're trying sure. to let you let for it roll. For sure, for sure. Like, and just that part of it too, like me being able to come in here and just talk the variable like, like one of us, you know what I'm saying? So where we talk smack to each other, you know what I'm saying? Just keep it fun and, and light, you know what I'm saying? So things like that, I, I really enjoy from. You still eating fast food? Uh, not as much. <laughs> I had to kind of cut down on that. <laughs> I had to cut down a little bit since I started, you know what I'm saying, playing professionally, especially this year, mainly just cause I wanted to come in a little fresh. Like, as you can see, I got my green smoothie here. You do. So that ain't something that I never did. It's very you know healthy. I mean? Yeah, so I'm taking a, the next step. I still be dabbling in Chipotle here and there, but you know, <laughs> not not as much as the McDonald's and the Burger Kings and stuff. He dabbles in Chipotle, <laughs> not all in, just mm, just a taste. I dabble, you know, what I'm saying maybe three times a week, both. Whoa, yeah, that's not a dabble. <laughs> There's only seven days in a week. <laughs> that's my dabbling. That's oh, my dabbling. that that's solid. Ola, thanks for hanging out with Appreciate us. Appreciate you guys for having me. <laughs>
Mac, he's just a funny dude. Well, but I look, like funny. Yeah, well, I know you do. This guy is a is a key contributor. I mean, he's a special teams captain, you know, for a reason. And that's that's why I say when you look at the overall scope of a football team and you start to say you're missing some integral parts, well, all of a sudden, not only if he's injured, not only do you have him an integral part of your special teams gone, well, he's he's also an integral part of the backup rush unit. You know, so it just it, it, it starts to daisy chain down on you. And so, but yeah, Ola Dane, and he's a guy that's earned everything because Ola Adani, you know, didn't come in here as a, as a number one draft pick and get anything given to him. Ola Adani has worked himself into the position where his teammates would vote him as special teams captain. And so you need those guys on the field. Absolutely you do. Mac, really looking forward to getting back to Nissan Stadium. Really looking forward to playing at noon for a change. Here's what, you know, you know, God meant for the NFL to be played at noon. Yes. And and that I mean that is that is the truth. You know, as long as I've been doing this, which is quite a while, I mean that that's what you you need. You talked to me earlier about, you know, is it harder or better to come back with a short week? The altered schedules, you know, which Mike Vrabel does a great job with his altered schedule. Everybody in the league, every head coach in the league has to do it and every organization has to do it because now we're playing on Mondays, we're playing on Thursdays. It makes a difference though. If you can get into a rhythm with a noon kick, noon kick, noon kick, noon kick, it always helps you a lot. But You've got to go with what it is. Well, what it is right now is a noon kick at Nissan Stadium, Tennessee Titans versus the Las Vegas Raiders. you got two teams in the AFC. This is an AFC game, which carries a little bit more significance if you want to get into the tournament. And you've got an AFC team that you know had higher aspirations, just like the Titans did going into the season. Sitting at 0-2, you've got two pretty desperate teams playing one another. So this is going to be a real NFL game. I like it. I'm ready for a real NFL game, and let's go, Mac. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm, let's go. I've been going for a lot of years at <laughs> this league. I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Well, for Amy Wells and Coach Mac, thank you for tuning in to the Titans, Amy and Coach Mac podcast.